You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Jordan, your usual drink tonight? Yes, thank you. So, where's Eric and Ryan? Uh, They're on their way. I wanted to listen to your latest podcast, but where can I download the episodes again? You can download all of our episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You can also find us on every social media platform. Every social media platform? That's awesome. Hey, it looks like your friends are here. Let me get the first round for you guys. Okay, everybody who's listening to this episode of Movie Guys Podcast, I wanted to make something really clear here for you fans. Uh, I, I, myself, Jordan, has posted something on Twitter a week or two ago leading up to our reviews for the rest of the month of March. Uh, some people are upset with the movies that we are doing. We are still going to review those movies, and I apologize if it has upset anybody, and so does the rest of Movie Guys Podcast, but... What we are doing is not uh, anything intentional to make anybody upset or angry with us. It's just we have no new movies to review, and we're trying to think of something that is topical right now that everybody would like to be interested in hearing. So this episode and next week's episode of I Am Legend has nothing to do with anything negative of all. And if you find this material offensive, then this is not the episode for you. Just wait until we come back with something else. So other than that, Eric, how the hell are you doing? You you told me to hold on for a disclaimer? Damn you, Jordan. I'm sorry. I had to because, you know, 2020. No, no, it's uh, I, I get that too, especially with this documentary that we were watching right now too. Right, Ryan? Exactly. Yeah, no, this was, um, I found a lot of familiar things uh, about what's happening and what's obviously going to happen with the world. Tonight, we're talking about Outbreak. I have never seen this since we're all around the same age. Um, This was um, box art on a VHS tape at the movie at the uh, video rental store that I always found intriguing. The box art was always Outbreak with a guy in a hazmat suit and a screaming monkey. I was like, I don't want to go there. So I've never seen this movie at all. So I'm excited to talk about this one a lot because I've never seen this before. Have you guys seen this before? Oh yeah, I, uh, I well I've seen um, again I just kind of grew up just as a, with the movies as a babysitter. This one was uh, no different. This was uh, it's fantastic. Um, at, at rewatching this, thankfully it's on Netflix by the way too. One of the most trendier movies by the way. There was a bit of nostalgia just because how fucking '90s this movie was, and it's great. Like it's like where the story the story is only mild or only like part of of the movie, you know. The rest of the movie has to just kind of be ridiculous cash spending for no reason. <laughs> you know, like, I, I feel like the director, who is this? Uh, Wolfgang Peterson. Wolfgang Peterson, dude. Uh, I feel like he was just like, all right, well, we got a lot of extra money here and we got these helicopters for like another week. So I think we're just going to we're just going to stay in the air and we're just going to keep it rolling, boys. And I think that's what happened here. Ryan, have you ever seen this before? No, I have not. I have not seen this movie. This is from an era when every movie that wasn't related to SNL in some fashion, my mom would have had to have watched it with me. We never saw this. 
Wow. Okay, interesting. So, okay, so so we decide because of recent events that we're going to do Outbreak and I Am Legend. And we see this outbreaks on Netflix. So I always, like, like always, always watch these movies with my wife, if it's in the theaters or if we do something like this. And I know nothing about it. All I know is Dustin Hoffman's in it. That's all I know. So we, so we, so we press play in the fire stick there, and it says Dustin Hoffman, Renee Russo. And then my wife and I in unison was like, oh, Cuban Gooding Jr. Oh, Kevin Spacey. What? Donald Sutherland. Are you shitting me? Like Morgan Freeman. Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. My wife My wife saw Patrick Dempsey's name and she kind of perked up like, oh, Patrick Dempsey. And I was like, yeah, but he has to have a shit role though. And he does, but like so many big stars was in this. And like, wow. Like right off the bat, I was just like shocked. From all the big stars. Like, this is so 1995, because this is what? For Cuba Gooner Jr., this is a year before um, uh, Jerry Maguire in 96. For Morgan Freeman, this was a year after Shawshank Redemption. Uh, was this a year after The Usual Suspects for Kevin Spacey? Same year. Same year. I mean, Jesus Christ. Sure. 95. And was this... Uh, Raymond was late 80s, though, right? So this wasn't... 88. This is also the same year um, 7 came out with Freeman and Spacey. Uh, what would Dustin Hoffman... This is like 95. What would he be doing? Hero or something at this time? You guys remember the movie Hero? Never even heard of it. So I'm assuming his career floundered after Rain Man. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he went Hook, Hero, and then Outbreak. Uh, if you've not seen the hero, that's that's an underrated '90s movie too, by the way. I, hey, I'm gonna add that to the list of rom-coms. I'm gonna go ahead and put that uh, on the list. Actually, that's actually pretty fun. Yeah, uh, I'm making a list of, of '90s rom-coms that are, um, for some reason, just because there were so many. There were so many. People need to understand that for some reason, '90s just made them always. Goddamn all, all of them. In the 90s. I don't know. I'm, I need to do a paper on it. But this is, I'm going to add this one to the list. I'm getting off track. But it's Dustin Hoffman. You're right, Eric. I cannot believe that Dustin Hoffman, before this movie, was in Hook. Like, like, it was, like it was, all again, of these. Wow. Don't. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not. We should pay attention to Hero. Right. Well, I'm just. Okay, yeah. Hero. Underrated. Gina Davis and Andy Garcia. Okay, so we're not going to go through the scene by scene. I'm, I'm really going to try not to do this because I was so interested to see this movie. But right off the bat, I got to talk about this opening scene. What a real, what a real world scenario, right? It's like Vietnam time, and then these two guys, which I'm assuming is Donald Sutherland and Morgan Freeman in the hazmat suit, right? That's the whole point we find out later. But mm -hmm. they're in this. What well, there's in the African village is in Africa. Right? Yes. No. Yeah, Zaire. Okay. And these people are just bleeding out of every orifice of their body, and it's like, okay, we are going to send a rescue, heli uh, a rescue helicopter for you guys. Don't worry, it's not airborne, blah, blah, blah. And they just, just napalm everything. Now I was like, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting this, but this this, this real world, right? Or is that just a fantasy? I mean, they would do that, right? Well, what what is a 90s movie without conspiracy? I'll tell you that right now. Everything is always a 3D chess, uh, but that's about it. Then never goes 4D for some reason. Always stays, you know what I mean? It's always like good guy wins, and then all right, everybody, let's just go home. It's just kind of how these these movies work, and that's how this movie worked, where there was a conspiracy, always government conspiracy. Donald Sutherland is always perfect for that. He he just does it 
really well. Didn't he do it again in the Hunger Games? Like, I mean, he just fits the role. And uh, that's just kind of how um, this this movie worked, where it was all the, the government. They, But that seemed like for the greater good. Do you know what I mean? That, like, yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. When it comes saying, to that like... solution, uh, and that early on, that seemed actually just kind of like one of those hard truths where just like, okay, listen, the the variables are such so that we could just nip this in the butt right now and just accept that, okay, maybe a couple hundred people are, are going to die. But you're you're saving some... Oh, it wasn't even less than that. Maybe it was a hundred. Ryan, what do you think about this? Was this real world in your opinion? Or was this fantasy? Well, see, that's the thing. I, it all depends on your perspective of the government. I think that it's very possible that something like this could have happened because it's not... like The, the opening exists to contrast with the end with the the climax of the movie that's why they that's why it exists as as in this framework um but i think that like it's not america these are not americans so i mean you have some mercenaries i think because i think the the guy they speak to that's on the cot dying is an american right that's why they talk to him Mm. if i'm correct Mm -hmm. were they maybe it's french is that were they speaking someone was speaking french they were well. They were mercenaries. They yeah. were like okay. there were people in the village, but there were also people. There were also mercenaries, and that's I think that's one of the reasons why the government came in was because that you have citizens. Yeah, you know, yeah, and so I I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the American government to waste a small village in some African country uh, if it meant saving what they thought was the world uh, in in real life in our lives. Um, but for the movie, it, I think it's actually really effective because it puts you into this perspective that, well, anything's going to happen now. Okay. All right. Fine. Fair enough. So then we jump forward to modern times, which in this case would be 95. And we get Dustin Hoffman, who is a man with a heart of gold, who just gets divorced with Ne Russo and they work with government, military, blah, blah, blah. And there's an outbreak. The outbreak that they bombed in the beginning of the movie is coming back. But this time... It's 2.0, and this little town in California gets infected. Um, what I thought was enjoyable about this movie, and this sounds absolutely terrible, but it, but what I found enjoyable was watching the disease spread from the monkey to Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey like looks like absolute shit, and my wife even said when he came off the plane, and his girlfriend's like, "Hey," and my wife's like, "Don't kiss him." Because he looks like shit, you know, and and she fucking kissed him like you dumb bitch. Like, well, why would you I mean, kiss him? Well, he looked was, like shit. She was next, obviously, right right after. But it's it's one of those weird uh, happenings where the host was caught and then brought over, and then through just odd events was, you know what I mean? What what they're trying to say is that it doesn't take much, and the same thing happened in Contagion. If we're gonna compare it like that to where how it starts it it doesn't take much it doesn't need to be overly complicated and, and kind of be you know a tuesday at three o'clock that is basically what needs to happen or in this case someone just needs to be working at the right time right so the monkey did not get affected by the disease i mean he was just a carrier right is that the whole point yes whatever whatever it had whatever it was exposed to which i think there were some moments in the, in the beginning maybe we need to rewatch it but it just the monkey had it. And that's, I think that's where where it goes 
and it just stays there, right? And Lucky had it, and through how did how did the people originally get it? They had it like in a and they drank it from the water. So one of the guys from the village was working on a bridge, and when he came back, he was sick, and as he was sick, he drank from the well, and before they knew what like before they knew he was dying of something, everyone drank from the well. But what I think it is is the monkey is the host, but it has antibodies in itself that it can fight the the virus, but humans don't. Right. I think that's how it works because the rhesus, because the rhesus monkey, they're able to bring back, like in the end of the second act. Right. Okay. But I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't know if this is based in real life. Uh, science or not. Oh, we're just talking about the movie. So the movie's implying that this guy in the in the opening of the movie, the movie's implying, this is my interpretation, that this guy in this village in the beginning of the movie was working on a bridge. He saw this monkey. He saw a monkey because it's clearly not the same monkey in modern times. But he saw a monkey that had the disease. He was like, hey, monkey! And he petted him and loved him or whatever. And the monkey could have bit him or something because that's what we saw what happened to Patrick Dempsey. Is that Patrick Dempsey... Uh, got bit, right? Or did somebody else get bit? He got spat on. So then, yeah. so then, so this guy and on the bridge, Rudy, he got bit. Yeah, he got, yeah. He got bit. Okay. Okay, I gotcha. Or scratched, rather. And then the rhesus monkey stole the host monkey's banana. So Patrick Dunstead comes off the plane. He looks like shit. It's the bitch's fault for spreading it, right? Because she, I mean, come on. Patrick Dempsey's fault. Yeah, but come on, though. I mean, like, if my wife sees me come, if I'm as hot as Patrick Dempsey... Right? What's his name? McStreamy. Uh, McSteamy. If if I come off the plane looking like McDreamy, and I like my my eyes are all fucking glazed, or I look like shit, I can't stand up straight, and you kiss me like bitch, come on. I'm gonna put some blame on him, man. I mean, I, I get it. Right. Well, he couldn't do anything though. How's the how's the fault on him? The only reason why the fault could be on Patrick Dempsey's character is that he what they were doing something illegal, right? Was that what they're doing? They were animal smuggling. Oh yeah, the the guy in the the pet store said he needed a female or a male. I guess he got the wrong gender. Okay, so he so he was monkey smuggling. I guess that's the thing. So yep. then he releases it into the wild, which I think I probably would do the same thing, maybe. And you know, I come back and sick, whatever. And then the movie likes to linger. On those two and their deaths. Now, Ryan, you just said you've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. Uh, Eric has seen this. So, Ryan, I'm curious on your opinion. What do you think of him and this girlfriend's death? I thought that was very effective when they were in the hospital and they couldn't figure this out. Like, that was very good. Well, except for her screaming after Patrick Dempsey dies. Wouldn't uh, Wouldn't your wife be screaming? I know, but I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying the fact that she screamed. I'm saying how she screamed. I thought it was annoying. But no, I thought it was great. I, the the a lot of the makeup um, work throughout the movie is really good, um, and I think that as the oh, how do I want to say this? As the action is ramping up, um, as the tension is getting tighter and tighter, because we are we know what's coming, um, but we're seeing these scientists struggle to figure it out. I think as we get into that that quarantine section and we see all the blood pouring, uh, pooling out of his eyes, his nose, his mouth, his ears. Um, and as he's trying to talk, he gurgles. Like, yeah, it's pretty effective. I think it's pretty effective. I thought another thing that's really effective, which freaks me out because of what we do with movie guys podcast, Eric, 
the second guy sneezes in the theater and we see a very bad CG effect of of the sneeze particles going everywhere. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that uh, that part is is something a little bit more real is. Um and I'm sure that you know they did have as or Wolfgang did as effectively as he could visually. It's one of those yeah, it, it bounces real quick. This is the moment where it becomes airborne. Yeah, where where the virus has now mutated, it taken on new form of becoming airborne, whereas before it was only human to human contact. And just seeing that and just kind of the, the slow effect of the uh, slow infestation kind of take over is um, is really something because that that's something you can kind of well we're living in it right now. Well, I mean that was the only part of the whole movie where I was like, oh God, no, no, you know, like just like put your cover you know sneeze in your sleeve dude you yeah know, exactly like, like now now everyone's talking about you know distancing and and we see all these people with gas masks and rioting and shit like that it's just like man it, it's it should be clear for it to just like go home go home instead of just rioting in the street and uh, against the army against the actual army in hazmat suits like that's doesn't seem like a like an option i would be wanting to have um, I don't want to go off subject, but this happened to me today since you're talking about that, and I just wanted to make this interesting. I went to Walmart today to get some stuff for my wife, and she texted me and said I needed uh, paper towels. And I went there, and there was only Great Value brand, so Walmart brand paper towels, and it was, it was slim pickings, right? It was six rolls, that's all they had, and there was no prices, there was no price, so I went to a, so I went to an associate uh, worker there, and I was like, "Hey, where's the price for this?" They're like, "Oh, we don't know what the price is for this." I paid for everything. Six rolls of Walmart brand toilet paper cost me twelve dollars. Oh, all right. They're they're price gouging. Yeah, I mean, oh, and I'm like, geez, that's what that's one thing we didn't see in this movie. So now we get into this small California town, and everything's happening here, Ryan. Again, I don't mean to keep on repeating myself, but you've never seen this. I've never seen this, so I'm interested to see your opinion compared, you know, just because we've never seen it before. Uh, Eric has seen it, but um, Dustin Hoffman. What do you feel about Dustin Hoffman in this? I feel he's miscasted. I don't feel this is a movie for him. What do you think about him in this, especially when he's in the town? Um, you know, the thing, the, the biggest problem I had with the movie is the are, the characters. The characters aren't terribly interesting, I think the the plot and how it's paced is what keeps the film engaging. But Dustin Hoffman, I don't know, to me seems like a non-entity in this movie. Like they could have had, you know, Skeet Ulrich, you know, hot off Scream. There you go. I guess this is before Scream. This is like, like they could have had, yeah, because like, like Skeet Ulrich doesn't have a, a screen presence at all. I'm just saying like they could have had almost anyone play this part and I think we would have got the same thing out of it. Because you, you do have these... Dustin Hoffman isms where he stammers over his over his words or some of his dialogue, um, like the the, the, the back and forth, yeah, repartee with a with a co-star goes a little too far, gets like a little too long in the scene. Non-entity, I I, I think. So yeah, I mean he's miscast, but I don't, I don't know if you put because I mean this isn't really an action movie, is it? Like there's there's some action stuff, but I wouldn't qualify as an action movie, right? Yeah, this is an action movie. Uh, it was an un- unnecessarily an action movie. I, I mean, but like that doesn't that doesn't come in until like the third act, and it's ten minutes of the movie. It's like twenty the, minutes it's of the like movie. It's like the entire third act of if, if him just like a helicopter jumping, 
from place to place. How are they able to, like, uh, I mean, this is where, like, they throw in the one-liners to kind of fix stuff, you know, the problem-solving lines, where Cubic Engineers is like, all right, well, we'll have to refuel. And let's say, oh, okay, scratch that that part for continuity off off the list here. But they're still, like, jumping from, from, from like, to city to city in, in a helicopter, in a military, stolen military helicopter, right? Yeah, and then we got Donald Sutherland chasing him, and oh my god, I just... breaks into a news station and while yeah. they're on air and live, and and gives the phone number for the CDC, and only one person calls. I mean, I people, more than one person would call. I I mean, just right. on, a, on a crank alone, people would call. Right, because because here's the thing. Here's the here's the setup. I do want to talk about one character before we get into the setup, because Eric, you're jumping the gun on this, because I do want to talk about this one I am character. Going going a little ahead. I'm sorry, but because because you're right, because I want to talk about that stuff. But I'm excited to talk about it because of what Ryan said about Dustin Hoffman's character, and also I'm gonna also put words in your mouth, Ryan, and talk about Renee Russo. I thought she was the same thing. The character that I felt the most saddened about dying was Kevin Spacey. Because, you know, he, uh, because Kevin Spacey was in the room with all the defectious diseases, his suit got ripped, he was freaking out, he quickly, within seconds, milliseconds, as soon as his suit rips, he goes in to get the, uh, to get the hazmat shower, whatever you want to call it, and he still, allegedly, no body, no death, dies from the disease. And I'm like, oh, god damn, like, this thing is fast. Because, yep. like I said before, like in that scene, he's just in there, his suit gets ripped, he goes right to the shower, and he still fucking gets it. But, this is where the movie fucks up, because then Renee Russo gets it, and we like Renee Russo, right? Because she's the ex-wife of Dustin Hoffman, and of course it takes her, like, you know, the rest of the movie to, you know, to, to, uh, to show symptoms. Kind of like how somebody is in a vampire movie, and it's like, oh, it, it only turns you in two hours, but then the main character takes the rest of the movie. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, but I, I I actually felt bad for Kevin Spacey's character. Like, that sucked for me. Ryan, did you care at all? Uh, no, I didn't care for any of these people. Kevin Damn Spacey's it. character, he's the most entertaining because he's cracking jokes and he's super sarcastic. But, I mean, outside of that, he's he's just a sidekick. There's no real depth to him. There's no depth to Cuba Gooding Jr. The, the only character that really gets any sort of depth is um, Morgan Freeman because his character is the only one that has character development throughout the whole movie. All right, I will go with you on that one. And then the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the third act, which I'm sure we all want to talk about, is why. Just from a just from a filmmaking point of view, this is a big critique for me, and this is what jeopardized the popcorn rating for me. Why are we introduced to a family a random family in this movie where the wife is tested positive and she has to say goodbye to her family. We see her going to quarantine kind of felt Auschwitz kind of like, Oh yeah. And, and then we just saw a picture of her laying on a hospital bed later in the white house. Why is this scene necessary of this random family? We don't know their names or anything. It's supposed to show a more real effect of what's gonna, you know, how how this is going to be in different levels, uh, albeit just in a quick scene uh, or a series of which we which we saw in these in this family, but like um, you know, uh, practicing quarantining uh, each, from each other, where the mother felt that she uh, was infected and, and she had all the symptoms, and 
the daughter tried to to hug her to say goodbye, and she's like, no, 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 it's you can't. Or would the dad held her back? No, don't touch mom. She's like, no, it's okay. I'll be just a few hours. A few hours. You know, it's it's a real situation. That's that's what they're trying to do here is trying to put that on you a bit more just to kind of see the effect of what's gonna but wouldn't that have been better would have been better if that was like cuba gooding jr and his family or something i'm like would have been better if it's a character that we've known so far in this movie besides this random no-name character busy being the solution man would you have felt it would have been too coincidental for it to be Cuba Gooding Jr.'s family? Like, he just happened? No, absolutely not. I mean, like, the reason why I don't think it would be is because it would make us feel something. Because I didn't feel anything for this woman. Because I don't know her. There's no name. There's no backstory. It's just a woman sitting in her house, and then it's like, oh, I want to hug my kids. And the husband's like, no, you can't hug your kids. And then it's like so Auschwitz, and I'm like... Okay. All well, it's right. just to show you like what they're doing, the quarantine zone. You know, they're they're taking you not to a hospital anymore, they're taking you to an overflow zone, they're taking you to a school, they're taking you to a tent in a field, you know, and you're you're in a bunk with everybody else and eventually you just end up in a bag and they throw you in a barn and light you on fire. Yeah, yeah, because that's where I'm assuming she ended up. Yeah, we, we can only assume that's uh, probably where she and many other people ended up and just decimated that fucking town, that's for sure. And almost, it was almost going to get blown up. That was another part, too. Like, uh, we, can we jump to that part yet? The Let's Sun- get Sutherland. Well, something. Hold on. Well, yeah, go, there's go something ahead, I wanted. To, I, I, I had a question. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know, super well versed in a lot of the '90s disaster movies, but I feel like this following a random character for a scene happened in a lot of them. Because I think, because um, I think it happens in the day after tomorrow, right? Like a dude gets hit by a sign. At it, some point, it happens in a, a, a lot of movies. Off the off focus helps add uh, in into a scene. Um, a great example would be the little girl in the red coat for Schindler's List. But I'm just saying, like the '90s disaster movies, there was like the there was always. I feel like there was a moment, at least in some of the ones I've seen, where just for maybe two minutes or three minutes, you know, less than five minutes. We follow somebody who's not part of the main cast mm-hmm. as they go do something. He's not yeah, wrong. I'm not, He's not wrong. That happens it's supposed to a like lot. humanize a lot of the elements. Because like a lot of the characters, especially in like, especially in this movie, Outbreak, that we're talking about, all of the characters that we follow are um, scientists or higher up military personnel. Um, once we get past the whole Patrick Dempsey being a punk rock guy. Um so I feel like this, exactly what Eric said, we, we follow her because it's supposed to show the sympathetic element that builds into the climax where they have to figure out, you know, if they're going to kill these people or not. Okay, I get it. It, it, it. it makes us feel. It didn't make me feel. That's just my two cents on it. But we are chomping at the bit to get to the third act because, um, God, this completely takes... This 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 jumps the fucking shark. I mean, like we get a serious, a, a, as serious as we can in '95 drama film with all these drama actors, a lot of Oscar-winning actors here, and then, and then, and then Dustin Hoffman finds out, hey, uh, we find out that there's a monkey. So Cuba Gooding, let's steal a helicopter and let's fly the California coast and let's jump on ships. And, and, and let's hold hostage news stations to find the monkey. 
Like, this is ridiculous. This gets crazy, and then Donald, Donald Sutherland is chasing him, and they're shooting missiles and fucking machine guns. Like, what movie am I watching at this point? Like, this is crazy. Yeah, a lot... A, a lot, a lot happens. That's that's just it. Like a a, a lot happens, right? And, and, and then when it's just like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, because I again, you're right. I forgot. Dustin Hoffman jumps on a boat from a helicopter. A la, a la, fucking Bruce Willis style. He's like, get closer, you know. And he has to like has to get that close up of him grunting before he fucking jumps. I was waiting for him to say yippee kaye, motherfucker. Like I was just waiting for it. And and then and then eventually, like you said, Eric, that one person called and said, "My daughter has a pet monkey in the woods." Glad I had the TV on at the right time while right I was time. walking by the kitchen. And then boom, they get the fucking monkey. They extract its blood or whatever, and they find a cure for this disease. And it's just absolutely crazy. I, I just wow. We get like. This felt like Broken Arrow, if you guys remember that movie, with those helicopter chase scenes. When they were flying through the gullies and stuff, or the rivers, like, I was like, wow. Like, I mean, yep. this is bad. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is also a stunt helicopter pilot. Right. He was top of his class. But you have never been to the field, kid! Ryan, you don't you don't share Eric's and I enthusiasm about how this is this is this is pretty far off left field here, third act. No, it was three. no, I can put completely agree it's fucking out of nowhere um and i don't know it's 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 incredibly over the top especially because like you're supposed to buy into the fact that he's doing all this crazy stuff because he wants to save his uh his ex-wife because he still loves her and stuff but their relationship is very barren and i did not feel any sympathy for them so he just comes off as a crazy man doing crazy things my favorite part was that uh, you have Cuba Gooding Jr., who's black. I don't know, for the people out there in the audience, if you guys were aware. The, he just walks into the news station waving a gun in the air. <laughs> that made me chuckle. <laughs> I I have nothing did, on that one. Did, I, did, well, he's in a military. He's in camp. He's in so. military. I, I, I did not think the point that he was black meant anything. I just thought they just said Cuba Gooding run into the fucking newsroom. I... What you said is just like you're telling me that just because two guys in military like, camo like come out and just and like hey everybody listen to us I'm just like oh I, I are they military like it's just like no you're you're not like it's still alarming right right well I mean maybe in '95 they were not but in 2020 it would be you know a little bit more ridiculous I mean they're only. They're only three years on from the Rodney King beating and the riots in Los Angeles. What, That's in 92. What does that have to do with this movie? I don't know. What is uh, it? place in California. A lot of, this, again, there's a lot of useless information in this movie. Much like, okay, like the secretary apparently is having an affair with the Coast Guard. We didn't need to know that. But... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, she was like, I got a guy. Or I got a yeah source. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Might as well just, yeah, I mean, that was a, kind of a funny little detail. I don't know, again, it's supposed to be a joke, but either way, this, this movie turned into to something else real quick, this this helicopter chase, and then, like, Dustin Hoffman has to do the, uh, has to talk the guy off the ledge, uh, the pilot, uh, to not drop the, don't do it, don't drop the bomb, and then Donald Sutherland, for some reason, is now this blinded by, blinded by the virus major general. 
who's just like, no, we need to keep it. It's a weapon. And the other thing is, like, he's a smart man, right? And so when he's saying that oh, we have to keep it because it's a weapon, when Dustin Hoffman, when his character says, like, oh, well, it evolved, like, wouldn't that, like, make you just be like, oh, well, I guess everything that I have is fucking useless then, right? I think it's because it maybe, maybe I'm giving the movie too much credit. I may be reaching. But I'm under the impression that the two guys in the beginning of the movie was Sutherland and Freeman. And I'm under the impression that what they did by... They authorized the bombing of that small town, but the small village in Africa. Yeah. So what I'm assuming is that what they did was illegal, and therefore he does not want to be caught doing something illegal. That's as much thought as I put into his actions. Of oh, I don't want people to know that we test because because there's a whole scene in the end of the second act towards the beginning of the third act where Dustin Hoffman finds out that that the government has had some sur- some sort of cure or something like that before it went airborne and mutated, and they right. kept it a secret the whole time. So that's what I'm assuming that he was like, I don't want to get caught doing something illegal 30 years ago. So brr, that was my interpretation. Yeah, I, I get that, but it's just it just seems still, if you're trying to cover it up and you have the antidote to cover up that one thing, but then your leading scientist or, or doctor comes to you and says, "Hey, listen, you know that how you have, you know, the the key to to that one uh, problem that you have. Well, guess what? The problem is now different. I have a whole new, a whole new one for you. It's completely different that you don't have the solution for, and that's the problem. And the, the other thing too is that he's saying, Dustin Hoffman, is that um, I have, I had the antidote. I have it." Let me deliver to those people. You would think that Donald Sutherland would be like, oh, okay, yeah, give them to those people. That way I could take that strain, that mutated strain, and get the endo to that one too. And then I could weaponize fucking that one too with no casualties. I, that's where I think that he would should have gone with that. He's got two different strains of the, what virus? The Mutaba m- uh, virus. He's got one airborne in one uh, contact, and you got two um, antibodies or two two antidotes for it. Like, why wouldn't you go that route? Instead, the dude is so just like, oh, you know what worked before? Bombing the fuck out that village. Instead, we're going to do it in California, and no one will notice. You know why? Because it's entertaining, you dumb son of a bitch. Uh, you got me again. <laughs> I don't know, man. You gave up some good fucking questions. I, I, just, I, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is I want to hear your guys' popcorn ratings. And so Ray kills Kylo and then kisses him for no fucking reason. I just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Ryan, what is your popcorn rating for Outbreak? Ah, uh, medium bag. Uh, I'm gonna give this one a medium bag. As as we've spoken of the movie itself. Uh, from a story and structure aspect is very engaging. I liked the story. Very um, suspenseful in parts. The makeup was good. Uh, The characters are very thin and one note. Um, The dialogue isn't very good, but I think Wolfgang Peterson, for the most part, does very well at directing it. The third act is 
um, as we've just recently spoken of, crazy and doesn't make sense and feels like it's from a completely different movie. But, um, yeah, it's still enjoyable. I would still recommend people, if you wanted to watch this movie, you, you, you're not going to have a bad time. And before, and before I ask Eric, I just want to rehash one thing with you, buddy. So when I said, hey, guys, a little behind the scenes here, Movie Guys Podcast, I'm in charge of the schedule. When I said, hey, guys, we're going to do Outbreak, I'm Legend. Ryan, is your initial gut reaction of hearing that we're going to do Outbreak, is it is it in the same ballpark as your reaction now after seeing it? Um, well, I mean, I've... I don't understand the question. Okay, so I will specify even, simplify even more for you. When I said, hey, we're going to do Outbreak, did you have initial reaction of, what the fuck is this? I don't want to see this. This is stupid. And then now where you're like, oh, okay, medium bag. This is what it is. It's cool or whatever. Or did I you mean, have like, an expectation? Yeah, did you have an expectation of it? Oh, man, I thought it was going to be decent. It's got all these Academy Award winners and it's directed by Wolfgang Peterson. He, he makes good movies, entertaining movies. Never any story, baby. Das Boot. It's four hours. It's uh, good, in, good in a lot of parts. Troy is good in parts. Poseidon, it's, you know, not a great movie, but it's good in parts. Okay, I was just curious if your expectations, you know, because sometimes there's movies on the schedule where are like, what the fuck? Like, oh, well, know. see, I wasn't, I mean, my expectations weren't through the roof or anything, but I figured I would, I would enjoy it because like, it's, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be a masterpiece by any stretch just because of the genre and the time it came out. None of those movies are masterpieces. Okay. All right, fine. Fair enough. Eric, what is your popcorn rating for Outbreak? I'm really curious on this one. Uh, I mean, it's I, I give it a small bag. It's a simple movie, simple plot. Um, doesn't have to ask too many questions, but um, it, it just it tells a simple story, and it does what it wants to do. Um, that's, that's, that's about it. I'm not in a rush to, to watch this one again. Um, the last time I watched this is when I was like in junior high, so like catching it up now it's it's about the same. And uh, you know, that's 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 where it's at. Um I'm not you know, it's just it's just what it is. A lot of a lot of actors don't need to be great in all their movies. Let's let's just be honest, sometimes the, the, the movie just is not the best and uh, and and here we are. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to go with Eric on this one to a certain degree. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to say, hey, honey, let's watch Outbreak tonight. Like, you know, I just, I have no interest in, and I, I probably am never going to see this again. And unless 15 years from now, my daughter's like, hey, daddy, what was it like living through the coronavirus outbreak? All right, here's Outbreak. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, other I would than say that, Contagion. Is, is yeah, say so Contagion would be a better pick. I haven't seen Contagion since it came out, but okay, sure, we'll go with that one. Well, it's got that whole subplot where um, uh, Jude Law is spreading misinformation. Okay, yeah. Okay, so like, okay, so like our government, got it. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I was completely surprised with all the actors. I knew it was Dustin Hoffman and Renee Russo, but uh, the initial fun of the roller coaster of my wife saying Patrick Dempsey, Kubi Gooden Jr., Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman, oh my God, like so many actors. Uh, we were interested to see what this movie was going to do because traditionally when you have a lot of these great actors in a single movie, there has to be something to it. I know Geely, but, you know, or movie 43. But I was excited to see what this was going to do. And I had 
an interesting time watching it from a movie a movie guy standpoint until the third act where I was like, when does this become Rambo? And was just completely blown off on that. But I will disagree with Eric on one thing. This one's not a small bag. This one's a medium bag. This one is fine. It's entertaining to a certain degree. It's definitely It definitely pulls at you where it's like, oh, don't sneeze in the movie theater. Oh, fuck. Because how many times have we seen a movie in the past five years of Movie Guys Podcast where somebody fucking sneezed in the theater? So, and then why you're opening your mouth with popcorn. So it's like, oh, God. Other than that, I think it was fun. I thought it was, I, I thought it was entertaining. And yeah, medium bag for me. Um, our virus outbreak retrospective is not coming to an end for the fans. Next week, we are coming back with the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. And a spoiler alert right off the bat, Eric hates that movie. So this could be interesting. I have not seen I Am Legend since theaters. Ryan, was the last time you seen I Am Legend? Um, the background on FX. Perfect. So I've not seen this since. So, so I was the dumbass that saw this in theaters. Eric hates it, and you are a background movie guy. So this will be interesting to see next week what we got with I Am Legend. You guys want to know a fun fact about me? Hmm. I've never seen the entirety of I Am Legend. We're going to this fucking week. You could turn it off right at the end. Like Act Three is just. I need to stop actually. I, I am I am curious because there is an Easter egg of a Batman versus Superman poster in that movie, and it came out in 09. So I'm curious to find that somewhere in the movie. Do you guys know that legend? I, I don't care. Okay, he doesn't care. <laughs> All right, well, fans, thank you so much for <laughs> listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Sorry I was not available to be with you guys last week for Babysitter. Uh, my grandfather's want to make sure everybody knows. My grandfather, who's 94, was in the hospital with a heart attack. Um, his arteries were pretty clogged. They actually did operations on him and he is home and alive and well. So that's really comforting to know that he's okay. So I'm sorry I was not able to join everybody for that. But I will say real quick here in five seconds, my popcorn rating for babysitter would be a medium back. I actually watched the movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I also love the fact in that movie when uh, the hot babysitter stabbed the guy in the head with the two knives, and he was like, "Why are you? Why are you doing this? Like, he would not be alive." So I just loved that. It was like a fun Sam Raimi, early Peter Jackson kind of movie, and I thought I did not, I did not, I did not think uh, that Mick G could make something entertaining, but I was wrong. So thank you so much for listening to this uh, to this review here for our virus retrospective of Outbreak. We'll be back next week with I Am Legend. Eric and Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back next week, guys. Thank you so much. Check us out at MovieGuysPodcast at Podbeat.com, Twitter and Facebook, and all the social medias. Have a good night.